When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Thank you once again for joining us on another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And today, because we are officially under a week away, depending on when Aaron Nagler posts this on Cheesehead TV, away from the 2020 NFL draft. So because our very next show will be a draft recap, this week we're doing a mock draft, a full seven-round mock draft using the Draft Network's mock machine. So before we get started, we do need to preface here that we are doing the free no-trades version. We're just going to give you 10 picks. We'll talk about each pick as we go through this draft. We'll give you a recap at the end and let you know kind of everybody's um, player order that we ranked everything in, why we picked the people that we did. But don't expect anything crazy. We'll talk about if we think there might be a trade, but... For this version of our mock draft, 10 picks. Perry, I'm sure your mock draft is flying. Mine's flying. This is happening live now on the show. What's going on at pick 30? How does everything look on your board? Um, it's kind of fallen as to be expected. <laughs> uh, pretty much top 10 or what you think. All three top wide receivers are off the board. Um, pretty much all the top corners are off the board. Um, they took my beloved Kenneth Murray at 28. Um, Justin Jefferson is going to the Vikings barf. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, and the Titans took Epinesa. So I have some options. (laughs) Um, I've got Josh Jones. Oh, that's probably what I'm going to do. Um, Jordan Love's still here. I could piss a lot of people off by doing that. Um, (laughs) Denzel Mims, Jalen Johnson at cornerback, um, your boy Ross Blacklock. And uh, I I thought I saw Jalen Rieger. So I definitely have some options. Um. I think, let me go back. Sometimes I was telling Maggie, sometimes I look at the player rankings. I think I'm going to do Jalen Rieger. Get a nice top wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. What about you, Maggie? How are you doing over there? What are you thinking? 
So this is super boring because Jalen Rieger's my pick. <laughs> I'm looking at my I'm looking at my board, and if this is how my board fell on draft night, I would 100% want to trade back with a team like the Colts to get an addition. Like I would pick in the second round. I wouldn't necessarily see a ton of value here. My board is very similar to yours. All of the top tackles are off the board. Patrick Queen went to the Saints. Kenneth Murray went to the Ravens at 28. Uh, Denzel Mims went to the Vikings. Justin Jefferson went to the Patriots, which is interesting. Pretty much the names that you would expect, the top three receivers, all off the board, leaving me with quite a few running backs, which I'm not taking at the 30th overall pick. A couple offensive tackles that I think are a reach at 30. And then a couple wide receivers that I don't think necessarily are worth the 30th overall pick. But you know what? AJ Epinesa's here, so let's get weird. You took Jalen Rieger. I'm going to take AJ Epinesa out of Iowa, 30th overall pick. Why? Because you can never have enough big bodies getting after your quarterback. And if you don't like it, then you're going to love Perry's, but you're going to hate mine, but we're doing it anyway. So I love it. This- I, uh, yeah. I love AJ Epinesa. He's our new Iowa. Um, <laughs> I think you could actually move him more to defensive end and play play him with Kenny Clark. So I love the pick, Maggie. The nice thing is that now you have Christian Kirksey and AJ Epinesa, who both can say Iowa, and then Packer fans will pick which one they like better. Nice. We We're love options. options. Yeah. <laughs> All okay. right. So 62. Okay. So interesting. I've got Jordan Love still. Um, which I'm so tempted to grab. Uh, and then a, a few tackles, which I think could be good picks at 62. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, Jeremy Chin, Kyle Duggar, who I also love to take around here. Michael Pittman Jr. is still on the board. But I just took a wide receiver, so I'm not going to do that. Um, I think I'm going to go with Isaiah Wilson, the tackle out of Georgia, because he's, I think, a pretty highly ranked tackle and he's still there at 62 and we need one of those. So my board is pretty similar. I have a lot of wide receivers on the board. KJ Hamler, Michael Pittman, Jr. Lavishka Chenault is here for me. T Higgins, Donovan people, Jones, Chase Claypool. So there's a lot of options here. I went defense in the first round. I feel like I am obligated by Packer law to take a wide receiver in the second round now. My gut would tell me that I would like a player like KJ Hamler to be a more traditional slot value for the Packers, but also knowing the way that Matt LaFleur has operated this offense, even though we don't necessarily know Brian Gutekunst's tendencies yet as a GM, KJ Hamler has never fit the mold of a Packers receiver. He's a little undersized. So I'm going to roll the dice here and I'm going to take Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC because he is the epitome of a Packers receiver. So if we were to break the mold, we'd take KJ Hamler, but because we think that this is a very in the mold pick for the Packers, Michael Pittman Jr. at 62. I think that's a great pick. I mean, Packers fans got their wide receiver in both mocks already. So I think yeah. that this is an A plus. We are just here to please. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and as Jacob said, I think today on pack a day, he is the most Packer, receiver to who has ever Packard before. Where's the lie? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now we are in the third round and this is where I start to kind of, um, 
look at who's left in each um, position of need that's listed. Um, I don't know if you ever do this, but I sometimes like filter. I'm like, who's still around um, for me to take? And I think I have to go defense since I've taken two offensive players. So let's see. Sometimes, Maggie, I don't know if you feel this way, but since I feel like we got Christian Kirksey in there, do you ever feel like we could do like more of a hybrid box safety instead of picking a linebacker and maybe see what Oren Burks can do this year? A lot of my draft crushes in the later rounds are box safeties. Like I don't gravitate to free safeties. It's always mm-hmm. the strong safety that can play at the line. So I'm fully on board with that. Me too. And actually one of my favorites is still on the board. Um, I think he could be really fun is I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Alohi Gilman from Notre Dame. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting. Okay. <laughs> well, he's also on my board. Um, but I, you probably didn't see it, but I made a face while my board was going because oh. there was, there was just a run on offensive tackles and I still need a tackle. I truly believe that Rick Wagner is a stopgap player for one or two years. My favorite developmental prospect in this draft, Matthew Pert went two picks in front of me for, uh, to the Ravens. So looking at some of the, you hate to see it. Look, mm-hmm. <laughs> look, I have a lot of running backs left on my board. I have a couple tight ends, but I'm not really liking the value here. So to me at pick 94, I'm going to go with Ben Barch, offensive tackle out of St. John. I, I like him. I've seen him mock to the Packers quite a bit in the third round specifically. He's very much a Green Bay Packers offensive lineman. So I'm going to use a pick there and then not have to really worry about my offense offense as much for the rest of this draft, even though it was really hard to pass up on guys like Brian Edwards, who I adore as a wide receiver. And uh, Troy Dye was on the board for me. Logan Wilson, the linebacker, um, Jabari Zuniga, the edge rusher. So we're taking the not sexy offensive lineman pick because it's good for the future. Well done. And now we wait. We <laughs> we don't got a lot of picks until the fourth, so we, we just don't. We've got a long <laughs> long way to go. So I'm at 136 now, and um, ever since reading the Cheesehead TV draft guide, um, <laughs> plug seri- plug. Seri- plug, but like also seriously, um, I've actually found finally found a tight end in this class that I like for the Packers. Um, besides Cole Komet, who's like clearly the number one, um, I. Love, I'm going to, again, butcher his name because apparently I'm really bad at pronunciation. Um, Devin Asasi from CLA. Um, I was reading about him in the draft guide, and I feel like he could be a really interesting uh, little chess piece for Matt LaFleur. Um, And it sounds like he would pair well with Jay Sternberger. So I'm going to pick him. So he's projected to go 109. So looks like it's a steal according to the draft network. <laughs> so give me now your top four, like who your first four picks are. Okay. I've got Jalen Rieger, Isaiah Wilson, Alohi Gilman, and Devin Asasi. So I got to go a little more defense in the later rounds, but heavy on I, offense. I forgot who I took at 30. So <laughs> I have AJ Epinesa, the edge rusher, Michael Pittman Jr., the wide receiver, and Ben Barch, the offensive tackle. So on my board right now, 
are some really interesting names. Devin Duvernay, the wide receiver, who is just fun. He'd be a great uh, prospect for the Packers. A nice chess piece for Matt LaFleur on the offensive side of the ball. One of my absolute favorite corners in this draft, Reggie Robinson, the second very physical corner. Uh, one of my favorite interior offensive linemen, which is it's weird to have a favorite interior offensive lineman, but Ben Bredesen out of Michigan played on a really good offensive line. And then McTelvin Aguim, the interior defensive lineman out of Arkansas. I haven't really addressed run stuffing yet. So this one's tricky for me, but I think that corner is, again, a sneaky need, and I feel like I can get a big body later. So I'm going to take Reggie Robinson, the second corner out of Tulsa at pick 136. Nice. I feel like I'm very defensive minded and you're very offensive minded when we do this. <laughs> it's good. We'll have two very different drafts. I think our first round kind of just, you know, made that a bunch of <laughs> It did. My mind's just chugging along. I don't know if you got to your uh, 175 yet. Yes. So I am here. I'm looking at who I got. Um, I, uh, feel like I should address Devin DuVernay is off my board now. Um, I feel like I have to address my defense and I'm going to go big body here um, because one of my kind of more later round uh, favorites is still on the board. Khalil Davis. He's a defensive lineman from Nebraska. Um, I think he's just like, a great size six two three oh five so you can kind of move around a little bit. Um he's gotta get better in passing, but he's already a really good run stuffer from college, which is kind of more of what we need. Um definitely I think will be rotational in the beginning, but I like Khalil Davis a lot. So I'm gonna go with him. So you started talking about your favorite bigger body along the defensive line. And I got really concerned here that we were going to have our first double up on picks. And I don't know if we're doing this intentionally, but I'm going to take it a different route here. One of my favorite corners is still on the board in uh, Javelin Goudry out of Utah. He's still here. Khalil Davis is on my board as well. Antoine Brooks Jr., the safety out of Maryland, I love, would be really tempted to take him here. Uh, but I'm going to go with Bravion Roy out of Baylor. He is one of the more true nose tackles in this draft class over 330 pounds. If the Packers are looking for a run stuffer and not a pass rushing defensive lineman, Bravion Roy is one of those guys that'll immediately shore up their run defense. So at 175, I'm going to snag him and we'll see what happens now as we, you know, wait for the board to just keep on chugging to 192. Okay. So I am at 192 and I'm, I'm a little bit more balanced now, so I think I'm going to take another wide receiver, and then I feel like we've gotten a good mix. We've got two wide receivers and a tight end, um, and I'm going to take your guy, who you really like, um, who I think is a really great later-round pick, and Antonio Gandy-Golden out of Liberty. Look at him. The Geronimo Allison comp that we all know <laughs> that we didn't need, but here we have. But now, now we're taking him. <laughs> now he's come. Um, so Antoine Brooks Jr. is still on my board here at 192. Antonio Gandy-Golden is on my board here at uh, 192. But I'm going to take one of my absolute favorite late-round picks in this draft class. You talked about the need to find a hard-hitting box safety that Mike Pettin can use maybe instead of a second inside linebacker. 
So I'm taking Tanner Muse out of Clemson. When you watch him play, he can drop into coverage, but he really does feel more like a thumper. He's got sideline to sideline agility. He had like a 9.7 RAS. He was almost at a perfect 10. So to me, giving Mike Patton another option here is fantastic. Even though I'm seeing that one of my favorite linebackers is also on the board, I'm just going to click Tanner Muse before I lose my edge. So I'm going to click it and we're going to keep going. I like it. Yeah. People uh, seem to really like him a lot. I, uh, I like that pick. So I'm here and I'm looking at my player rankings at 208. And I think I also need to take a corner. Um, I think it is a sneaky need. And I'm going to take John Reed out of Penn State. Um, He doesn't get talked about all that much, but if you watch him and his highlights, they're pretty nasty. He's ball hawk, high rass. um, And I think that he could definitely kind of work his way um, up the depth chart. Uh, next to Kadar Holman and Chandon Sullivan. So I like John Reed out of Penn State. So this is kind of tricky because we have 208 and 209, but I'll do 208 and then I'll bounce it back to you. So one of my favorite running back prospects is on the board here for me at 208, and that is Raymond Calais out of Louisiana. He is so fun to watch. He ran just shy of, or just above a 4-4, right in that speedster range. He can break tackles. He's very elusive. And if he gets to the sideline, he's got breakaway speed. You will not catch him. So because of the running back position is so up in the air for 2021, you have to think the Packers can't pay both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams as traumatizing as that is to think about at this moment. I can't think about that. <laughs> um, we know that Dexter Williams is getting competition, whether that's Swerve and Irvin or somebody in the draft. So I'll Graham, Raymond Calais out of Louisiana at 208. So then who are you taking at 209? So I was also thinking about going running back and Raymond Calais is also on my board, but I will refrain um, from doubling up with you. So I'm going to take Michael Warren out of Cincinnati. Um, He was just one of those players that um, I, I mean, not that I watch Cincinnati, but since I've been doing all these mocks um, and I got to learn about these players later later on in the draft, he's just come up every time I read the little bios about them just as someone who um, is projected to just do really well. Um, he was, you know, at a school where he just was clearly the best player on the field at all times. And um, he's physical and he's big, 5'11", 218. So um, I think why not, why not grab someone like that who... Uh, he has the upside, I think, to become like a top two, like a the next Jamal Williams. So I'm going to grab Michael Warren the second out of Cincinnati. Yeah, I like it. And whenever people send us their mock drafts to look at, um, people always ask why we take the running backs so late. And to me, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are why you take a running back so late. Or you look at Philip Lindsay from the Broncos. There are undrafted players who are studs now for their teams. So as much as we love the Jonathan Taylors and the J.K. Dobbins and the Christian McCaffreys and the guys that do go in the first or second round, the value is also there. So I think that your selection is great. Um, I'm going to stick to offense at 209 take a developmental tight end prospect. We know that Mercedes Lewis probably only has one more year. We're hoping Jay Sternberger can take the leap to be tight end one would not shock us in the slightest. We've talked about him 
since the show started um, as being a prospect that we love. But I'm going to take Dalton Keene out of Virginia Tech as my tight end to develop. Don't really have too many tight ends left on my board. Um, There were quite a few cornerbacks and running backs here, but I'm going to take a tight end that can play the H-back role, which is something that we saw Jay Sternberger do. Um, So now if he's split out wide, we can give Dalton Keene some time to develop or possibly fill in in those two tight end sets. So I am at our next pick. Um, To me, like the late round picks are the guys that you're taking a flyer on. So most of the seventh round is like, this guy could have been an undrafted free agent, but we're going to use a pick on him because we just want to make sure that we at least get him in our, our camp. Okay. So then I'm going to take another cornerback, uh, in Neville Clark at a UCF. Um, I think you can never have too many cornerbacks in the room. Um, he comes from a pretty decent program. So let's get some more competition up in there. Up in there. Let's do Up it. in there. All right. So I'm kind of looking at my board. I feel the same way as you were. I could take a flyer on another wide receiver. Um, there aren't too many names that really jump out to me as being like people that the Packers would be incredibly interested here in the seventh round. And I feel like the wide receiver room is already very crowded with MVS, EQ, Devin Funches. We both drafted a wide receiver already. So I don't think that they really need to bring in a ton of competition because there's so much competition in the room already. Guys like Jake Kumro might not even make this roster. So adding more receiving competition while competition is always a good thing. The Packers might want to take their pick in a different direction to bolster competition at another position. So what I'm going to do, this is a player that I really like a lot. He has a really high RAS score, which is something that we know that Brian Gutekunst in the later rounds gravitates towards. I'm going to take a second cornerback and I'm going to take Cameron Curl out of Arkansas. I really like him uh, and the upside that he has with guys like Kadar Holman. I think he'll be good competition in camp. And most of the corners that I've selected, well, I've selected two, Reggie Robinson, the second and Cameron Curl, both have elite RAS scores, which, you know, the corner position is that one position that Brian Gutekunst really emphasizes when he's using that RAS. Um, So I will bring in some extra competition because we don't know what's going to happen with Kevin King or Josh Jackson. Tremont Williams is still a free agent. I'm sorry to bring that up. Um, So the room is undefined. Yeah, I feel very similarly. I think if you can find a guy in the late rounds, you can, you know, develop into rotational player. That's, that's a win. I'm sorry for any background noise right now. It's 7 p.m. and everyone in New York cheers on the healthcare workers at 7 when the shift changes. So if you hear a lot of loud noises and some sirens, that's what's happening outside my window right now. And it's beautiful and it's the highlight of my day. I can't hear it, but that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone stops um, for the changing of the guard and cheers them on. Oh, no, I hear it. Yeah. That's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. We're going to leave that in here. Okay. Everybody cheer on your healthcare workers. They deserve it. <laughs> so I'm at my last pick, 242. Um, Packers have almost finished their draft. Just kidding. I'm not a Packer. <laughs> um, and Jacob Breland, the tight end out of Oregon, good blocker, nice tight end, the 2-3, is still on my board. And that is who I'm going to take in our final pick. <sighs> All right. I'm also here at 242. There's quite a few wide receivers, a couple edge guys. There's a couple tight ends. 
I was hoping that a linebacker that I really like would still be here, but that's why you don't wait. That's why you take them where you take them because at 242, none of the linebackers that I like are left. And I realized that my entire mock is missing a linebacker after I just wrote a piece for cheesehead TV about how important it is <laughs> to get another linebacker for these, uh, 2020 green Bay Packers. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take an, another offensive lineman. I'm going to take Calvin Throckmorton out of Oregon because we know that the Packers like to move offensive tackles in college to the interior of the offensive line in the NFL. So when they make that jump to the next level, you can never have too many swing tackles or swing guards in the NFL. Um, So I'm just going to throw something at the wall. We're going to take Calvin Throckmorton out of Oregon as my last pick along the offensive line. Two Oregon picks for you and me. Two Oregon picks. So Perry, give us your roster rundown, your your draft rundown, starting at 30. Mm-hmm. Tell us who you picked. Give us the rationale behind. And then let us know if there's any roster holes. Is there anything that you feel like you missed in the draft? Because I definitely missed some stuff. <laughs> so I have Jalen Rieger, wide receiver. I think that's pretty obvious why I picked him. He's a burner. He's someone we don't have on our team. Um, really awesome target for Rodgers. Hopefully someone that can start right away. One of the top wide receivers in this draft. So I'm super excited about him. Uh, then I have Isaiah Wilson, tackle out of Georgia. Um, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Maggie, you, Rick Wagner is a little bit of a stopgap guy, and we need our tackle of the future. So I think he's a good, you know, one of the top tackles in this class. Um, got him in round two, and uh, he can kind of learn and grow and um, take over after Rick Wagner. Uh, Alohi Gilman, safety out of Notre Dame. I picked him in lieu of a linebacker. So if you look at my you know, my picks and there's no linebacker. It's because I think he can play more of a hybrid box safety role with Petten and Petten uses a lot of only one inside linebacker schemes anyway. So I don't think it's the end of the world with uh, Christian Kirksey now. Then I have Devin Asasi tight end. Um, one of my favorite top tight ends. Then I have Cleo Davis, a good run stuffing defensive lineman out of Nebraska, Antonio Gandy golden, really fun wide receiver, um, in the later rounds, John Reed, cornerback from Penn State, Michael Warren, the second running back, because why not bring in some more competition to the running back room with two pending free agents? Uh, Neville Clark, another cornerback, just because you always need to load up on those guys. Um, and then Jacob Breland, tight end out of Oregon, a little bit more of a pass blocking tight end, someone who we can develop into tight end two or three role. So that is my draft. Um, I feel pretty good about it. It's definitely offense heavy, but I think that's what we need this year. Yeah. I was talking to my husband earlier and I said that if he just glared at me from the other room, (laughs) he just heard me say my husband and just completely, (laughs) whoa. All right. I was talking to my lovely, wonderful husband earlier about, Um, what would happen if the Packers did not take a wide receiver early in this draft class and how I feel like Aaron Rodgers should just quit on the spot. Um, So I'm glad that we both went offense heavy um, because I think that Aaron Rodgers deserves some weapons. When was the last time the Packers actually focused on offense? You look at Demarius Randall, Kenny Clark, Kevin King, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson. And while some of those picks have panned out, it's still not an investment in the offensive side of the ball. 
And because you have Aaron Rodgers, it can kind of carry you to the NFC Championship game when you have guys like Jake Kumro and John Ellison on your roster. But I like the investment in offense. That was the long way of me saying that. Um, so my roster, of course, I talk all about how offensive is so important this year. And then I take AJ Epinesa at pick 30. But to me, he was the best player available. And if the Packers have chess piece players on defense like Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary that they can move inside. They can move outside as edge rushers. They can put their hand in the dirt and rush the quarterback that way. Michael Pittman Jr. is my wide receiver pick at 62. Then I took Ben Barch, offensive tackle out of St. John in the third round. He, to me, is somebody that can be developed into the future right tackle for the Packers. I doubled up on the corner. I took Reggie Robinson the second and Cameron Curl. Both have really elite RAS scores. Both are very athletic with the uncertainty at the cornerback position in Kevin King. You're waiting on the development of Josh Jackson, Kadar Holman, Shandon Sullivan. Bringing in more competition at that position is not a bad thing. Bravion Roy, he to me is the prototypical nose tackle. There aren't too many left in the NFL. He's one of them when he gets drafted over 330 pounds, he will be the anchor of your defense in a traditional 3-4 front. So I really like that about him. Tanner Muse is, I went the same route you did, so I didn't take a linebacker traditionally because I think that the Packers are still waiting to see what happens with Warren Burks, Ty Summers. We can't forget about Curtis Bolton, who had a fantastic preseason and then had the untimely ACL injury. Um, So I'll take Tanner Muse as a box safety because honestly, we may see him convert to some type of hybrid linebacker at the next level. It wouldn't surprise me to see him in the same role that Raven Green and Ibrahim Campbell played in that more traditional um, off-the-line linebacker. Then I took Raymond Calais, the running back, Dalton Keene, the tight end, and Calvin Throckmorton, the offensive tackle, to kind of round out that offensive side of the ball. Give Aaron Rodgers another option at running back because the Packers are going to need camp bodies at running back. Give them another tight end to develop behind Jay Sternberger because this is not a very tight end heavy class. You can find some value in the later rounds, but there aren't any first round picks. Second round is kind of pushing it. Honestly, this is not the cream of the crop that we had last year, Um, but there are some good developmental guys here. And then finally, another offensive tackle to compete in in camp with guys like uh, Yash Nijman and wow, you really got that name right. That was so impressive. Okay, <laughs> and, and Cole Madison. Um, so I don't know, Perry. Are we going to put these on Twitter? Are we going to put ourselves out there like that? Are we going to let people vote because they don't like when we do mock drafts and put them on Twitter? They don't, but I think that's why we're going to continue to do it because it's great. It's pushing right. people out of their comfort zone. Yeah, let's post it, but let's wait until the episode drops first. No, no sneak previews. Because we're going to get a lot of a lot of negative comments, and then people will be like, oh, hey, I saw this already on Twitter, and I didn't like it, so I'm not going to listen. <laughs> Joke's on you. You have to listen and then not like it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you'll like it more after you hear what we have to say about yeah, it. Yeah, because we, we really, you know, Vanna Whited these picks. We laid them out here for you, so... That was great. <laughs> you guys really are missing the visuals on this episode. <laughs> All right, Mary, any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode of the Pax What She Said podcast? Just that I can't wait for the draft to finally happen so that we have things to talk about. I love looking at all these prospects, but I'm more excited to get to dive into, you know, the Packers new players and really get to know them. So I'm really looking forward to it. Also, some new content would be so 
helpful right now. Um, and if you are not doing anything on draft day, you should check Maggie and I out with the Cheesehead TV live draft day party crew. I just gave us a name. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Uh, none of us, none of this has been verified by anyone. We're just rolling with it. We're just, you know, we're advertising a blockbuster that, you know, we're all socially distancing indoors, but we're going to party anyway. So make sure you join us next week when we have a full draft recap. I told Perry that I feel like I'm in college again, studying for a test, um, trying to really dive into all these prospects. So I can't wait to only have like 10 to study and really evaluate and a couple undrafted free agents, as opposed to 300 players that are all taking our attention. Um, we'll have to see if Perry and I hit on any of these picks, you know, maybe we did snag a couple late round people that the Packers will be looking at. You never know. Somebody last week liked when we said, we know nothing. So there you go. (laughs) We know nothing. Perry, tell the people how they can find you on social media. You can follow me at Goldstein Perry, P-E-R-R-I, and please follow the podcast at P-W-S-S Podcast. And uh, what about you, Maggie? Where can people find you? Uh, the goal is to get Perry to 100, 100, 1,000 Twitter followers before the draft. I think that we're going to get there. We're really close. But you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, L-O-N-E-Y. I write two times a week for Cheesehead TV, and I also podcast with the Pack-A-Day podcast crew. I will be doing the night one episode recap for pack a day, which likely means that the Packers will be trading out of the first round into the (laughs) early second. So do not stay up. If you are a Packer fan, go to bed early because I don't think there'll be much content for you because this is the one time that I get to talk about the first round. So there's not going to be anything to talk about. Um, That's how that goes. Just get some extra sleep. Uh, But thank you as always for listening to us. This was a struggle bus episode, but sometimes they just are. We're in the middle of quarantine. We're making it work the best we can. Uh, so as always, go pack, go, go pack, go.